the house. Amen. Got a lot to just say today. We're um, talking vision all month long and got a lot of different things to say. I want you to, want you to really catch some of the things that are being said today. I want you to catch them. Everybody, get your glove out like you got a baseball glove. I'm going to catch it. Amen? I'm catching it. It's coming to me today. I'm going to catch it. Glory to God. Amen? Um, when Jessica was talking about um, finances and the tithe and all that, just, just re- remember this. Um, just, this just came to me. So when the Holy Spirit gives you something to say, there's a reason why. And what, what came to me was that, well, let me, let me back up just for a second. This month, the title of our vision month is Clarity, being clear, that we see clearly, we hear clearly, we know what God is saying to us. We are people of faith that hear God and know what God is saying. Um, so, God wants you to be clear on what I'm going to say to you right now, and, it, and, it, and it, it goes over into just any area of life, but I'm talking about the tithe. She mentioned the tithe earlier, and this just came to me, about the tithe and offerings in your life. Um, he, he said in Luke 16, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, which is money, who will commit to your trust the true riches? What's the true riches? The Bible says in Colossians, the true riches is the anointing of God. God won't entrust us with his anointing if we're not faithful in money in things, when we're not faithful there. And if you've not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you your own? There's there's a whole principle here. But verse 13 says this, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money, possessions, material things. You can't serve God and that. You can have mammon and serve God, but you can't serve them both. God wants us to serve Him so He can do for us above and beyond anything we can even ask or think of. So here's my thought about that. And I want you to get this in every area of your life. You'll even hear it in some of the other things I say today. Financial opportunities will come your way as you're more faithful in the little thing. Because see, a tithe is 10% of 100%. 10% is little compared to the other 90. And when you're faithful with that, he said, he'll make you ruler over much. So what's really important is not laboring to advance in your life, trying to labor and figure things out. 
but be more convinced of your tithing and seed sowing because of the promises that are attached to it. Then what happens is opportunities come your way. Things come to us. Wisdom and understanding comes to us when you're convinced of that. See, tithing is something that you do with 10% of your income by faith. That's what tithing is. The tithe is 10%, but tithing is not taking the 10% and throwing it in an offering plate and mad about it. No, that, that's not tithing. Tithing is giving it, is honoring God with it because it belongs to Him. And the more you do that, more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding will come to you. That way you don't have to labor and try to figure out what God has for you. But you honor Him and are obedient to the little thing, then the much comes to your life. So the more convinced you are in doing the little thing, the greater position you'll have to be on the receiving end of much. Don't forget that. Let clarity come to your thinking regarding that this year like never before. Amen? That's not just in the tithe that was mentioned earlier, and that's what came to me, but that, that's in every other area. God wants you doing what he's told you to do, not you trying to figure out what he wants you to do. That never works. The harder I try to figure things out, the worse it gets. But when I learn to sit before him, and learn how to listen, and learn how to develop my spiritual ears, my spiritual hearing, things just happen. So we're going to talk about clarity today in, in, a, in a few different ways. Um, so remember this. Jesus is the clear vision for your future. He is that. And, and, and the way he is that clear vision is that he is the living word. So, this is a phone, but that's where my Bible is, so this is my Bible. So, in, in the Word, okay, every promise in the Word is who He is. I told you that God gave me this year, right before the beginning of the year, told me that the door is open. The door represents opportunity, but He said, I'm the door. And the way that he is the door and the way that door becomes open to you in your life is when his word is real to you. When the word is more real to you than anything that you look at or that you face. Remember that in a couple of stories I'm going to share with you today from the word. The circumstances in life are what deceive us and cause us to back off. I'm telling you today, what I speak over each and every one of you that are tied to gates is that you are a person of faith. And a person of faith receives. What pleases God is that we're people of faith. I'm declaring you're a person of great faith in God, trust and confidence in God's ability to do what he said. That's what we're becoming more clear on in this day and hour. <clears throat> I said this to you over the last few weeks, that I believe right now in this season of life that what the world needs, what the world needs in every corner of the planet, I don't care where you live in this country, you live in some other country, whatever, 
what the world needs is the revelation of Jesus restoring to mankind who God really is. You will not look for other gods in life when who God really is through Jesus Christ becomes real. We're not, we're not a church here, we're not a gathering of people here to prove other gods wrong. Did you hear me? Our platform here at Gates of the City is not to prove other gods wrong. Our purpose and plan here is to prove that God is right. Now, God doesn't need any help for that, but we do. People do. Mankind does. And there are a lot of people that think that God is and has done a lot of really weird and strange things to people. God gets blamed for a lot of things that are not Him. And there's only one way, and God set it up this way, there's only one way for people to know how real God is. There's only one way. Everybody hold your finger up one way. Come on, everybody hold it up really high. There's only one way. Don't forget this. There's only one way for humanity to believe that God is real. And that's for God to be real in you. Christ in me is the hope of mankind. Christ in you is the hope of mankind. God's not coming back down from heaven. He's not going to send a sign in the clouds. He's not going to send a sign in some tortilla or something like that. He's not sending a sign in anything or anybody or any, nothing. The way that the world knows that God is real and the way that humanity is restored to a, 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 an understanding of who God really is is when God becomes real to us. Then I can share with my neighbor I can share with people I come in contact with. People are looking for the truth. I'm telling you. Listen to me. I've said this to you before. People everywhere are looking for God. I don't care whether you think they are or not. People are looking for God. Atheists are looking for God. The deal is, when you know who God is and you come in contact with a person that has absolutely no understanding of God, hates God, and all those kind of things, they're a prime candidate for your life to work your way into their life by the anointing of God that they know nothing about, and you realizing along the way how vitally important it is to know when they can't handle things about your God that you know. They're, they're, I have a, I have, I've had for 25 years, I've had a top five or top ten list of people that don't know God that they're in my life in one way or another. One of them may be somebody at a Starbucks drive-thru that I come through every day and I see, or somebody at a convenience store, or somebody here or there, or somebody that I'm closer to. You know, fr- uh, a friend I have, and I can't even explain who, who he is or what he does. I have a real close friend, and... and, and He's in my life, and I'm in his life, but he's not ready for my God. So what do you do? You do what the Bible says. You just love him, and you accept him. I don't care what they believe. 
They're not ready to believe in you. Only you know when they're ready to believe the things that, that you know about God. And it takes you being sensitive for the good of other people. And listen to me. If you've not got this revelation, you're not called to everybody, but there's certain people that you're called to. And you've got to be open and ready, and you will not deliver the goods in their life by just loving them if you're just all about yourself. We're becoming more clear on that this year than ever before. How to do that. One of the great ways to do that is sign up for a connect group and get connected with people. And people that you know that may not come to church, as they were saying earlier, bring them to the connect groups. Our connect quip classes that we do, they're six weeks. Actually, we have two of them this semester. And, and in those Connect Equip classes, you come, you're able to hear teaching on specific subjects, ask questions about things. That's how you grow up. God's called me, and the anointing on my life is to help grow you up in the things that we're talking about today. And, and, and you're called to grow people up. People will not know God or love God or appreciate God or understand who God really is if God isn't real to you. And God sent Jesus Christ into the world to give humanity that perception and that understanding. And never in the history of the world has there been revelation of who God is like there is right now. All over the planet. So we've got to be busy taking advantage of those things. Can you say amen? At Gates of the City, just a recap of this past year. I feel like that we did a, a number of things really, really good this last year. I I believe our outreaches were really good. I believe our connect groups were really good. I I believe that that our ministry to men and women were really good this year. Um, We we started something new. We're going to have something also in the spring for men. It's going to be part two of the Men Make Men uh, series that we did. And, and, And I feel like... Our ministry in that way, our ministry to children has, has, has been good. It's getting better and better. Um, we have a strong prayer ministry here. And all of the different aspects of the ministry here are so that we can touch people's lives. And you're a part of that. You're vital to that. If you, if you don't connect to what we're doing here, then, then the, the body as a whole will not be productive because it's not just about saying that we're a church and saying that we do these things. It matters who's a part of it and how, how committed that you are to that because you believe in Him. Not committed because you want people to like you. Not become committed because you don't want the pastor to be mad because you're, I, you know what, I'll never be mad at you. You come sit here and do nothing all the rest of your time on planet earth and I'll still love you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I may kick you every once in a while, but no. But I I mean, I'll still, it's not about that. It's about you becoming convinced of how important you are to the advancement of God's kingdom. And that's what we're doing. I I believe we've done some really good things, but why why would we sit back and look look at last year when this year is that much more? There's more opportunity. The door is open that's always been open. That door is open in a greater way than it ever has. Opportunities are here and they're coming. And as as whoever whoever that young girl was on the video, what, what she was saying about writing your visions down, right? Write your visions down. Bring them on the 27th. We're going to pray over them and watch if what happened to her will happen to you the same way. You say, well, yeah, I mean, I've heard of that kind of stuff. And well, see, if, if, you're, going to, if you're choosing to doubt that those kind of things work, then it won't work for you. 
We want to help you to believe that it's going to work for you and watch what will happen. Amen? Because we have great faith and expectation that great things will happen as as a result of that. So we're becoming more and more clear about why we're here, what our purpose is, and what we want to accomplish. Right? Because what we want to see fulfilled is God's church being built. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I'm building, Jesus said that he is building his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That's all I want to be a part of. How about you? I want no gates of hell prevailing against anything that I'm doing, that we're doing as a whole. We're advancing and we're overcoming. We're on top and we're not underneath. The greater one lives in us and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. How many believe that today in Jesus' name? Amen? Amen. So, I read this, I started reading this out of, in the Old Testament, out of Zechariah chapter 8. I started reading this on the 30th. How many enjoyed Word First Conference? Amen? It was awesome. Everything was great. And, And as I said Wednesday night, we really appreciate everybody that played a part in this, that served that, that helped to make this a success because it was really great. And I, I personally really enjoyed the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I think that really worked out well. I mean, we got four services into three days, and it was power-packed. And I tell you what, it was really, really great. And we appreciate, Becky and I appreciate all that everybody did more than you know. Amen? It was, a, it was just a great time. But in, Zach, in the Old Testament, in Zechariah chapter 8, <clears throat> Zechariah being what we would call a minor prophet of, from the Old Testament, um, said some things, and I want to read just a couple of things that, that he mentioned here, and what he's talking about, what he's prophesying about, is what it would be like in these days. Now, this was, this was prophesying to the Jewish people then and, and what they had been through, but what he's talking about is us coming through being saved and then being delivered and set free. Amen? God has delivered us through Jesus Christ. And there's several things that that he mentions here that I feel like are good. So just verse 1, I want to read a few verses here. Again, the word of the Lord of hosts came saying, this is verse 1 of Zechariah 8, thus says the Lord of hosts, I am zealous for Zion. Zion represents the church. He said, I'm zealous for the church with great zeal. For with great fervor I am zealous for her. Thus says the Lord, I will return to Zion and dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. And one translation says, uh, Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. Jerusalem represents, in our day and time, represents everybody connected to God. We're part, we're the new Jerusalem, we're, we are the Jewish people today engrafted through the blood of Jesus Christ. How many say, I'm an engrafted Jew today? Glory to God. Amen? We're engrafted Jews. He's speaking and declaring and, 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 and declaring this over us. The faithful city. We are the faithful people. We're the faithful church. We're the people that are rising up and being faithful to the things of God. Amen? Um, in verse... <clears throat> Verse 7, thus says the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the land of the east and from the land of the west. I will bring them back and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall be my people and I will be their God in what? In truth 
and in righteousness, in truth and in justice, in truth and in understanding righteousness and who we are. I will be their God and they will be my people. That's what has to happen in the earth. God has to be my God because I believe him. I I am a child of God because he said I am. Amen? Just as the song that we sang today. I am who he says I am. I'm a child of God. We're children of God. He's our God. We're his children. Listen, God needs you and I in the earth. He set it up that there's only one way that the six billion plus people on planet earth today, that's right, right? Six billion? Yes. Six billion plus people on planet earth today, that's the way that all six billion will be saved. He said in his word, he didn't want one to perish, but all come to the saving knowledge. How could something like that happen? When people get passionate about their understanding of God and open to do exactly what God said. Um, Sarah, I'm going to just share your little testimony from this morning. Is that all right? But uh, I'm not mentioning names or anything else. But <clears throat> um, this morning, the Lord told her to get up early. Actually, I won't even give the details so nobody knows anything about it. But um, told her to get up early this morning to come up here to prayer earlier than she normally does. Well, when she did that, um, a situation happened. Long story real short, because I'm not going to give you all the details because I don't want to mess it up. She's been believing for ministry to certain people, and something happened this morning because she left early to where an opportunity to minister or to share some things with somebody she's been believing God for, opened the, the door was open because she got up early. See, how can we win six billion people in the time that's left on planet Earth? One at a time by people that know God, getting to know God in a greater way and learning to obey his voice. That's how we do it. It's not us... You know, it's not trying to set up a seminar and try to get... I mean, you may, if you're supposed to set up a seminar, set up a seminar and do that. You understand? But it's not me trying something, trying to do something. It's me hearing his voice, doing what he says, and watching what happens. See, when you obey God in a situation like that, you're doing the word. See, and when I said earlier to you, if you want to see opportunities come your way, get passionate about believing in the tithe. Now, I'm not telling you that because I want something from you. I'm telling you that because God said that. You know, the only time in Scripture he told you to prove him, he said, prove me. With what? The tithe. That I'll not open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing that there's not room enough to receive, and the devourer is rebuked on your behalf. (laughs) Dude, people, that's that's some dividends, huh? That's some reaping right there. Prove him. Be more passionate about proving him in the tithe and in seed sowing than you are about anything else and watch the opportunities come. God, yes, we've got to be faithful in in money beyond the tithe and offering, but listen, when you're faithful in that little tithe, it's amazing how the empowerment comes on you to be faithful with what you do with the other 90%. 
That's where it happens. Amen? And it's the same way in being faithful with other people's lives. That's what he's called us to do. The world is searching for God. Where is God? So the world is searching for me and you. The world is looking for you. They're looking everywhere for you. And only if you choose to be to the world what God created you to be to the world, only then will the world find God through you. You weren't created to be me, I'm I'm not created to be you. But we're all created to move in the same direction, obey his voice, learn from his word, and do what he says. Amen? Six billion people, listen, can six billion plus people on planet earth all be born again? Absolutely, or God wouldn't have said he didn't desire for one to perish, but all to come to the saving knowledge. What's holding that off? What's holding that? If that's his will... If he was in control of getting people saved on the earth, then they'd already be saved. He set it up. He gave us the goods, gave us his word, gave us the Holy Ghost, gave us you know, the, the plan of how to hear him and do what he says, and it'll prosper, it'll advance, all those kind of things. But now it depends on whether we choose to do what he says. Not you trying to do it your way. You and I doing what he says. There is where the success comes. There's where six billion people get saved. If I, if I hear another Christian tell me what it's going to be like in 2020 or 2025 or 2030 and all the Muslims and all the this and all the that, and I'm, if I hear another Christian say it, I'm, I, may, I may just get out of myself and into my flesh and <laughs> slap somebody and then repent. <clears throat> no. I'm in the business of saving, seeing six billion people saved. I'm I'm just in the business. Let's get six billion people saved. Well, Pastor, do you have the plan? Yeah, one person at a time. And it starts with me. And the more it happens with me, I, I, I can tell you in this last year that there were, just off the top of my head, I can think of five people that were influenced by my commitment to minister to other people, like in the moment of ministering to somebody, somebody else was there, and they were influenced by my influence of ministering to someone else. Did you, does that make sense? That's how we win it. That's how more people become convinced of how real it is. Everybody's looking for God. God's in us, so everybody's looking for us. Don't say, you know, I don't have any friends, and I don't have this, and nobody cares about it. Don't, don't give me that mess. That's a bunch of, that's a bunch of bunk. People, yeah, you'll, you'll be a people magnet the more passionate that you are of the things of God, that you have a real relationship that is developing with Him, and you're more concerned about what He wants to accomplish than you, then all the things you desire will all come to pass. See, this isn't about, this isn't about sacrificing for God. And, you know, when you sacrifice for God, you know, you just have to give up all this. No, 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 no. He'll give you all the desires of your heart. He just wants you to be passionate about what He's passionate about. Because he's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, he is absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm, I, mean, I mean, there's brilliant, and then there's a big, long gap, and then there's God. There's brilliant, 
and, and then there's a big void because <laughs> you can't compare God as brilliant to the next brilliant. That's to be a big void. And then there's God. And he's, remember, <laughs> remember the galaxies and the 24 treptillion stars hmm? in our universe? 24 treptillion. 24 and 24 zeros are how many stars there are in this universe. And he knows every one of them, and he knows their names, and he knows when one falls out of whatever sky. He's brilliant. Wow, he's brilliant. That's our God. Amen? That's what we're becoming more. I mean, I mean, you know, you, you go to, anybody been to the eye doctor? Three of us? Um, and, uh, and you go to the eye doctor and he puts on the, well, I don't know if they do that anymore, but they used to. And they do those little slide thing. Okay, tell me when it gets clear. And, you know, you're, you're sitting there looking and you're like, oh, this pressure's on you, you know? I mean, whoo, glory. And, and, and they come in, and yeah, that, that's clear. And then they do one eye and the other eye and all this kind of thing. Well, that's what's happening with us. We're getting more and more clear in who we are, who he is, and what we're here to do. And I'll just tell you this. You know what the amazing thing about God is? You say, well, you know, Pastor, that's a lot of pressure. No, it didn't. Because everything in God is simple. I didn't say it's easy. I said it's simple. Simple. So simple sometimes that people overlook it because it seems so simple. Things I'm talking about, I mean, a second grader can understand what I'm talking about today. That's why I understand it. <clears throat> Amen? I'm going to read some more of this in, um, in Zechariah 8 uh, later in the month, but I want to look down to the 23rd verse. <clears throat> I want to read this last verse. <clears throat> uh, look, look at verse 20. Let's see. Wait a minute. Uh... Verse 21. So let's see this as us, okay? He's prophesying, Zechariah's prophesying of the church, that God is passionate about Zion, which is the church. And verse 21 says, The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, Let us continue to go and pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and, <clears throat> and to pray before the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, in these days, ten men from every language of the nations first two rows right there, all of you stand up. <clears throat> okay. Everybody stand up real, real quick and, and grab each other's hands. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve 
of a Jewish man, everybody say, I'm an engrafted Jew, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. So, ten men and women, ten more, five more, two more, one going here, there, wherever. It's not the ten, it's the number of people that are coming to us that are going to grab our sleeve and say, you know what, I'm following you because I believe God's with you. And I say to you, Tim, and to everybody sitting in here today, people have to be able to grab your sleeve and say, I want to be with you. I want to be like you. I want to come to your connect group. I want to come this here to here and there, and I want to do that with you because I believe God is with you. Thank you all. Amen? Because I believe. We've heard. We've heard that, that and, 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 and you know what? Yeah, that, uh, you, people may hear, and we've heard that at gates of the city that God is with you. But honestly, honestly, and I mean this, it's more about that people hear that God is with you. Okay? It's more about that. That's what it's about. Yes, but, uh, when, when, everybody, when everybody believes that God is with them and other people are following every one of us and connecting and gravitating toward us, they're going to say that at gates of the, so more people come to gates of the city because the people at gates of the city believe that God is real. That's how the church of Jesus Christ around the planet grows. That's how gates of the city grows because you believe in God. So today I I want to end with this. People are coming to you. So let's just settle that. Everybody just close your eyes for a minute and just kind of say it to yourself, just, you know, personally to yourself. People are coming to me. Yeah, people are coming to me. It's God's will that people are coming to me. People are coming. They're drawn to me. They're, go- they're grabbing my sleeve, and they say they want to be with me because they believe God is with me. People are coming to me. Right? And what's, what's important is that what's working in you is that you are more clear on the fact that you are well and not sick. That you are rich and not poor. That you are at peace and not disturbed. That you are confident in what God says and not paying attention to circumstances. That's what has to be proven. All right? All year, I've got, I've got between 12 and 15 different topics all year long regarding something that I'm going to share with you right now that we're going to talk about this whole year. Talk about some of it the rest of this month. But all year, we're going to talk about a number of different things because this is how you come to a place where people are looking for your sleeve. Man, if I can just touch that sleeve. 
Jesus said the things that he did will do and even greater things because he's gone to the Father. So if, they could, if that woman with the issue of blood could just touch the hem of his garment, if they can just grab your sleeve, something's going to change. Why? Because they believe God is with you. It's not, it's not what it is about me other than the fact that I've been faithful to God to grow in the things of God, but it's about the greatness of God. If I can just touch that sleeve. We read this over the last few months on Wednesday nights. Third John verse 2 through 4 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And verse 4 in that third John says, <clears throat> um, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. The way it happens is that we have the truth renewing our thinking so that a correct, a correct perception of who God is in the world begins to be tweaked and cleared up. You know, some of the fuzziness and the, and the stuff is, is being removed so that people can see that, wait a minute, that ugly thing that happened right there, that wasn't God that did that. Because God doesn't do that. Well, that sickness right there that tried to overtake that person's life, that wasn't God that did because there's no sickness in heaven. There's no sickness in God. By the stripes of Jesus, we've been made well and healed. See, then, listen, then when people's perception change, then their expectation changes. I've been a part of many deaths in my family And, and what, what was lacking in these premature deaths was a lack of revelation. I'm just going to talk about my family. You can say whatever you want to about your family or people. And, you know, you, can, you have compassion for people when they go through things. And, 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 it, and they don't get the results that they're looking for. But we don't let what happens to someone else affect the way we believe. Because then other people are going to do the same thing and not walk in the absolute truth. We have to believe we're well and not sick. I'm not the sick person trying to get well. Now the world is. Don't think for a second that someone that's not well is just taking it. Man, they're looking, they're going to doctors, trying to find this, and nothing wrong with doctors. Doctors are great. But I'm not the sick trying to get well. I am the healed. And sickness and disease has no right in my body. Wow, Pastor, I don't know if I'd say that or not. I'd knock on wood. Well, we could knock on pressed wood. <clears throat> There's no knocking on wood. There's declaration of what God says is so. That's what we have to believe so that the world begins to get this perception of how real God is. Listen, I mean, are, are we, are we in, in, in a river paddling downstream? Absolutely not. We're in a river going straight upstream, and I'm telling you, the paddling is difficult because people's mindsets are convinced that they're sick, they're poor, they're disturbed, there's no peace, they're in fear, all of those different things. I mean, they're convinced of those things. When we're created to know God through the entrance of his word, he said, I have no greater joy to hear that my children are not just, they don't just know some truth, they're walking in the truth. No greater joy. <clears throat> so I want to end with this passage. 
And I want you to really, I'm going to tell you something today that I've never said before. Wow, you feel really blessed, right? Matthew 14 and verse 25. You know the story. Everybody knows the story. Verse 25 of Matthew 14. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. He was walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer, it's me. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered and said to him, uh, Jesus, the wind was blowing. Uh, I can't, I, I'm not sure that you said that was you or not. But Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Verse 29. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him, and he said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And they got in the boat and the wind ceased. I have made this comment to you concerning doubt. I've given you this definition of doubt that I've heard. And that I've, I've heard and then I've kind of put it together through about three or four different translations. But it's this. To doubt is to hesitate to contend for something. When Peter's in the boat... And Jesus asks, tells them that it's him. And Peter asks Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. How many believe that Jesus tells the truth always? Right? So, and I, you know, I, I've heard this thing, I've heard this for years preached. And this has been lodged in people's thinking. That it was God's will for Peter to walk on the water. It was God's will for him to walk on the water. I've heard it preached that way for years. But I want to give you something to think about regarding this. What Peter did is he asked, what, what Peter did was he asked a question, and Jesus gave him an honest answer. If it's you, bid me to come. What do you think Jesus would say? It's not me. He just answered the question. 
many times <clears throat> because at the end of that, in that verse 31 there, at the end of that, he said, he taught, he, he, he in, in a sense, rebuked their lack of faith, his lack of faith. He said, but to do this, in other words, you have to have faith with no doubting. Now, putting aside what Peter did, how many know that he walked on the water, okay? He walked, and then he began to sink. And the scripture said he began to sink because he was looking at the circumstances. But what if that wasn't the will of God for his life, but he started walking because Jesus, Jesus didn't tell him to walk. Jesus said, he, or he said, come, but what he was answering was the fact that I'm him. So what if it wasn't the will of God for him to walk on the water? What if that wasn't what God really wanted him to do? He didn't answer the question correctly. So if it wasn't the will of God for him to walk on the water and he began to sink, could it happen in your and my life that when we grow in faith and there are times that we step out and we do things that we think are God, yet we begin to sink because we didn't really get clear on what God wanted and our faith had not been developed to be ready to walk on the water? Did Jesus walk? Was he a man? Yeah, but he was the, he was the son of, you know, he was, he, was, he was God's son. He was God himself. Yeah, he was. But he came here to become the son of man. So Jesus did something that man could do if it was what God wanted him to do. Did Peter walk? Yeah, he walked. But he began to sink. Why? He was moved by the circumstances. And I'm just saying to you, you, you can think it through. You can like it or not like it. But I like the thought that Peter wasn't really supposed to walk. What I'm telling you today is that you and I are coming into a time and a season of opportunities that are coming our way that we need to be in faith and not doubting. Amen. If you had been out in that boat on those rough waters and you begin to step out and walk, do you think you would have had some doubts? No, I'll answer for you. You would have. You never walked before. Peter never walked before. Man, the guy at least walked. And a lot of times, we, we, we step out in something, and it, we didn't really get the clear picture. We haven't spent enough time allowing the entrance of his word. I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth, doing the word. So that their soul gets clear, so they know they're healed. They know they're prosperous. They know that fear has no dominion over their life. They know that circumstances, no matter what they look like, cannot talk them out of what God said. I'm saying to you, here's a story that over the last few months has come to me that it wasn't necessarily God's will for Peter to just walk on the water. Jesus just honestly answered a question. And God will allow us to do things in our life that were not Him. That's what you want to do? Do it. You want to step out over here? Then do it. But the entrance of His Word brings clarity. That's what we're talking about this, this month.
it brings clarity to us about what God wants us to do. Can we hear the voice of God? Can we hear the voice of God? Yeah. And can we know that what we're hearing is God? It's not an audible voice unless God wants it to be. It's not an audible voice. It's a still small voice inside where the Word of God that we've been meditating on begins to speak to us to where we can actually hear it. It's almost as though it was audible because we hear what He's saying through His Word. This morning when Sarah got up and she had this sense of going earlier, Something happened there. A connection with people that she'd been believing God for happened as a result of just hearing something and doing it. What if she heard that and didn't do it? It doesn't work. You mean those people, get, those people don't get ministered to if we don't do? Yeah, that, he set it up. There's only one way for people to get set free on planet earth. I mean, all the goods, all the power, all the ability, all those kind of things have already been done and set up. But it's not going to happen in other people's lives unless it first happens in us. And we become convinced that God's word is true. We can hear his voice. We do what he says, and then it works. Amen? So think about that. Take that little story. I've got many of those that we're going to talk about all year long regarding being clear and having clarity about what God is doing in the earth. But I'll tell you what. Never has there been a season and an opportunity like right now for the door to be open, for opportunities to happen in your life and for God's blessing to flow through you if you will just continue to be a doer of the word, a hearer of the word, and act on the things that you believe God is telling you to do. That's our part. It's not, making, it's not trying to make things come to pass. It's not trying to make manifestations happen in our lives. We do what he says, he do, he's already done his part, it'll just happen. Can you say amen to that?